watch the news in a while. Turn on CNN, ain't see none of my friends. Swag gave me the blues, they never walked in my shoes. They want us living in fear, they what I'm trying to hear. Switched it over to Fox, kept clicking, I barely stopped. New guests on NBC, no one that represent me. So I got tired of waiting, said master debate. Give me some headlines, it must be past bedtime. Sleeping on me still like I ain't vitamin D for real. Rep your city, play devil's advocate. Why ain't Brady gon' have to smack a bitch? Tell me something good, a recipe for success. Give me some timeline, shop session and flight deck. Hey, P, what's next? Yeah, yeah. It's your nigga COD Decatur Boy Music, aka Tabula Raza, aka Big Tabby, aka COD Chosen One David. And I'd like to welcome you guys to an early afternoon edition of Give Me Some Headlines. And this is season one episode 16 and because they're early in the day i remember the episode number usually y'all had to go to another one for that you feel the term your reservation but uh as we creep up here on football season man uh you know these flight decks man they they they've morphed into social contract discussions almost like it being my jerry springer's corner but on the front of the episode man just talk about society a little bit and uh this week was a little bit different man i had a barrage of options but i just dropped in and when i say i have no idea what the fuck i'm finna talk to y'all about we gonna find out together but kind of was fighting this way to the forefront there's a conversation, a conversation, a conversation around balance. Um, I've been like facing my wife and kids, the series, and it's, there are so many elements of relationships and different problems and shit that I had as a grown man that I didn't realize I saw play out in sitcom form. And that in and of itself is fucking hilarious with just knowing these people were drawing off of real life fucking experiences. And if I'm a talk relationships, the social contract and balance, man, before I even tell y'all what I'm going to tell y'all, I got to make sure I bring in my ride or die, man. And if y'all already know, if you fucking with COD, you fucking with my nigga P. Hey, time back. You, you're in love with somebody else. When you should be in love with yourself. Today it's I'll your do boy, a couple good P. Henry Trotter the fourth. A.K.A. Home Run Trap, A.K.A. Casino P, A.K.A. Mr. Long P, A.K.A. Mock Tube, A.K.A. Quinn with the pen, and also with the lens. A.K.A. What the fuck is going on, cuz? How we doing today, man? 
on this early edition. We hopped in this thing on the early. No right, man. We mellow as shit. Don't tell them what time it is. You can tell we both mellow as shit. You be hype as fuck at night, cuz. That was a very reserved uh, alias list right there, my guy. Yeah, man. We be hyped up. At the oh, you flexing hard this episode. You ain't shit. When you get the flight ball mug. Oh, Shawty got me these, man. How long ago? Um, but she got the uh when the thing on the wall. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. That should have been a been a staple. I'm finna get my COD mug ordered this week, man. I'm finna, yay. Yeah. I'm hating. Fuck you, cat. <laughs> Balance, nigga. Yeah, I'm talking about bro. But can I tell you, bro, this is gonna be a flight deck slash give me some TV. You did what I'm saying? Okay. And basically, bro. Feel free to derail this bitch and just start talking about some shit that's on your heart or that you've thought of from something you consuming. Yeah. But, bruh, it's so many different elements of shit (laughs) in this fucking show that pop up. And what support from a man look like and what support from a woman look like totally different, bro, within a relationship. And if you remember the arc of the show, it begins with the central difficulty in the relationship being Jay really wants to work. She wants to establish something, have a life of her own, feel like she's carving her own path out because the children are getting older and she feels like her life is getting redundant. She's living the same day over and over which I have a great deal of respect for and support for Mike look like taking on a bigger role with the kids, seeing his wife a lot less when he does see his wife, she's exhausted from work. You know what I'm saying? They make love a lot less problems come up with the work and like all kind of stuff come into play. And I'm like, And then, you know, moving forward in it, she loses her job and he has to be supportive through the transition there and help her figure out what the next phase look like. And then she decides she wants to come work at his company. And then she decides she wants to go and get her degree in psychology. And like each stage, it is his role as her partner to simply support her full tilt through each of whatever she's chosen to do. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. And from a social contract standpoint, like, obviously, this is just a silly-ass TV show, but I've lived a lot of this life. You see what I'm saying? And I won't reference my personal shit. I'll just talk about it in the in the realm of my wife and kids. As the nigga who has been the financial backstop, when does his story get to have those wild-ass deviations and she saw her support through him completely change. He doesn't get to do that. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. And it and it fits into this narrative of what gender roles existed as the the woman's role needing to be eradicated to create balance in the world. And the great imbalance that I see coming and slowly being manifested is 
the male gender role not changing one fucking bit. We still are supposed to be everything we were as our partners from a social contract standpoint, not just these little things I'm talking about with my wife and kids. But as a society, we as men are supposed to be the same partners as the gender role for our partner gets eradicated and they get to be absolutely whatever they want to. And us being a good partner and the other half look like supporting them through every change in morphology. And I'm just simply asserting that there is absolutely nothing on the other end of that to balance it. What are your thoughts on that? Um, while you're talking, I thought in my head, man, I think you're examining this from the wrong lens and well, not, not the wrong lens. I don't think you're examining it from enough lenses. So I know that that part of society and like how the, the, woman's role in a relationship is evolving while the man's is largely stayed stagnant. Stagnant. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but I've seen it in a very healthy relationship. I've seen it look differently. And <laughs> rest in peace. Outlier. I've seen an outlier. And so now that I've seen an outlier, I'm willing to have that conversation with Shawty like what my shit is about, what does our situation look like? And I believe they all, like it should look differently based on based on the people who are, I know we're talking about social contracts, but even with it being your microcosm, you and your partner, it's still social because um, it's between more than one person. I think that may be the definition of socialism. I I, kind of want to box you in, if you don't mind. Don't get too far, because I want you to take this to a very direct level and respond to what I'm saying about there not being even a chance for balance with the new construction of gender roles. I believe true equality and balance would be people starting to raise their sons with the belief that they could be stay-at-home fathers as a game plan. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I was getting to. I you see what I'm saying? So respond directly to the social contract aspect of this. You feel what I'm saying? I, I, I really want you, you know what I'm I don't want the time to get away from us and you not really attack the, the balance issue within the destruction of the other gender role, but there being nothing changing on the other side. We're going to answer this in less than like five sentences then. Um, no, you you got time, but I, I want you to no, no, no. get it. That, that I understand. So I know a guy who is a stay-at-home dad. You saying the same way we are raising our children as we should to be more accepting of gender fluidity, um, to be more accepting because traditionally uh, mankind hasn't been accept, accepting of uh, sexual fluidity. We need to have gender role fluidity. And so we need to be accepting of like, how folks is, would be like if you saw your child doing something like, like how Kevin Hart 
told his kid, stop that, that's gay. And folks like now, that that's not acceptable. So when you see a young man doing something that would be stay-at-home daddish and like a woman come and say, don't do that. You're going to end up being at home while your wife at work. As a dad, step in and say, that's perfectly fine if that's the life he want to live. <laughs> but I like make it, make it more accepted. Like when you parenting, have that same, keep that same energy. Keep that same energy. Like, nah, bro, you can go out there and you can find you a woman who I feel like bent on being a doctor or a lawyer and is going to bring in all this money and you just take care, uh, take care of the household. Women in those fields find themselves among the highest percentage of the unmarried because they hold the same tenets of old gender roles. Their partner needs to have a higher education level and or salary than them. This is the shit I'm talking about. And part of why I didn't, I kind of wanted to stop you and try to take you off course from talking about uh, a homie. I know who you're talking about, a homie who will stay at home pop is because if you think about this in race relations, oftentimes opposition will spend all of the conversation talking about the outlier and then pontificating about a world where that's the norm and that's what we need to work to. No, no, no. Let's talk about what the fuck it is and what they expect. It's women with a cash app next to their motherfucking Twitter at. Like if you follow them, you're supposed to send them money type shit. I'm talking about the true destruction of what the gender role and what is okay and what's not hoish, any of that, the the complete destruction of the gender roles or conversation around it and the exclusion of anyone outside of these individual segregated communities. Y'all, if you're not in it, you don't get to speak on our community, let alone our role in a relationship or society. But if you are part of any majority, everybody else can say whatever the fuck they want to about y'all. Everybody else can question your identity as much as they fucking want to. Who doesn't speak on what heterosexuality is? Who doesn't try to say, oh, you insecure, you must be gay if you da 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 Like, you can say whatever the fuck you want to to a heterosexual person. A heterosexual male? in the realm of sexuality, in the realm of disrespect within a relationship, in the realm of criticism and expectation, there are no boundaries for a heterosexual male, period. And when you step outside of that that majority or patriarchal power position, there are no more roles, there are no more limits, there are no more definitions, and no more okay conversations that exist outside of the community you're talking about. Women, LGBTQ, if you are not in that subsect, your opinion on them don't fucking matter. Heterosexual cisgendered men are the only people whose gender roles have remained the same and are free game for whatever the fuck you want to say about us. Homosexual men, there are plenty of stay at home fucking fathers. Probably damn near 50%. You see what I'm saying? 
just from the mechanism of the structure of prioritizing someone from the familial unit being a staple in the child life. One of us going to be here, period, because we can. You see what I'm saying? So it ain't uncommon in that community. It's just uncommon as fucking the heterosexual community. It's the destruction of roles in every community outside of ours. And I want you to speak to that. You got the rest of the time, bro. And I just had to really paint that without commenting on it. But I'm just saying, I see it as clear as day. The roles for everyone else have changed. The limits for everyone else have been knocked down and eradicated. I've said this for I've said this long before we had a podcast. If you ask the average woman what a real woman is, she will describe herself. If she works, a real woman go out, get the bacon, bring it home and cook it too. And da 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 da. I'm still in my kid's life. If she's a stay at home mom, a real woman stays at home, take care of her kids and blah, 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 blah. Ask them what a real man is. You're going to get a strict, clear motherfucking definition. And everybody going to have an opinion on it. It ain't going to be your own personal definition. Be a nigga who's scared of spiders and see if they don't question that aspect of your masculinity. No, you're supposed to go kill the scary, creepy crawler things. Be a man that don't know how to fix shit. Be a man that don't know how to change a tie. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And that is an aspect of masculinity where you are deficient. Be a woman who can't cook and watch everybody attack anybody who say something negative about it. But yeah, the rest of the time is yours, bro. Speak on that shit, but speak on it directly, not roundabout, bro. Address that shit. This social contract talk, I need something I could write in a book, nigga, address that shit. Man, it's difficult because I'm of sound mind and body that be the world that you want to see. Like, I'd have to be the, the example of the opposite of what's actually going on. Like, or state these facts. Like, I mean, we, we have this platform right here, but hop on the Twitter webs and pose this question. Like, this may need to be a poll that we put up on the show and, like, and, and retweet is that. You and your internet running from this conversation. You, your audio and your video froze. So I'm going to talk to the people for a second. If y'all notice, he don't want to talk about this, man. He be he be juggling sometimes and then going, hey, you know, we just go keep it pushing, man. man. Well, first of all, do you believe that hypothesis or assertion is true? That the gender roles and roles societally for everyone else are morphing, growing, changing, and limits are being knocked down, but that does not exist within the heterosexual male community. I do agree. Yeah. From the world, from the world that I live Speak to that issue. Is that a problem 
or do you think that's how it should be? Um, I don't give it much thought because I'm not in a situation where it affects me. So like in my household, I have the freedom to have that discussion with my lady and we'll come to a compromise and we'll like, we, we are actual adults. And so we understand that how shit is currently constructed. If it don't suit us, then we, I'm getting angry and angrier. When you watch this back, you'll know that Gene said shit about this shit. And I hate to be that direct, but I realize that. But we talking about it from a social contract standpoint. And I can't pin you down to actually speak on the shit. That's that's our time, man. Fuck it. But I'm furious. Like I, don't know what, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get what you're trying to get me to say. It's, I know nothing about the actual social contract because I'm not dealing with that shit. I'm not dealing with it. So therefore, I do I think it needs a change? Absolutely. I think you didn't get kicked up. out of the Olympics for smoking weed, but you found a way to talk about Shakari Richardson. You could have found a way to respond directly to the question at some point, and I don't think that was accomplished. We could move forward, though. No, I'm not going to be less mad. I'm a, I'm a, I'll address it, bro. That shit not going to change. Like, this shit not going to change. Niggas is going to continue to get boxed into whatever fucking box everybody else want to throw us into. And that's just how the shit going to fucking go. It's just how it's going to fucking go. Like, do I think? Absolutely. If like, like it, we need to be able to have the same type of freedom that every fucking body else got to change or whatever subgroup we in to be able to change the narrative on what our subgroup looks like or the rules for our subgroup look like, but we not going to get that shit, bro. Or if we, we do try to change it, it's going to be just as difficult as everybody else's has been to get to where the fuck they going to be at. Or you're going to get it thrown back in your face where y'all got everything all fucking ready because y'all are heterosexual. The world is catered to y'all, which is why I made that comment that heterosexual men are the white men of sexuality. And you made the comment that well, I ain't a white man of shit, but we are the majority. So being in the majority, like... And being a black man in this shit, like you, we don't make the fucking rules. And that's what's that's place. what's most disgusting in the first place. The assertion that we the majority. Uh, the, I ain't even gonna speak on this issue no more. You did do a better job of talking directly on the talking point, but to speak toward what you just said, let me just squash the notion that heterosexual men are the majority of any fucking thing. We as human beings build mechanisms and then we use them to relate to the world. So when we think of oppressed community and oppressor, we think white people slavery. So then we take that logic to everything. I'm going to ask you a very direct question. Who are the majority women or men people on the planet? Women. You goddamn right it is. So how the fuck are heterosexual men the majority when there are tons of homosexual men? And for anybody to be married, that takes a man off of the market. 
how the fuck are heterosexual men the majority? It's the perception. That's what the fuck I'm saying. They apply. No, but let me let me take it there for you, because Christians are the majority. Anyone who's been oppressed, disenfranchised or disrespected by the Christian community, they say wild, disrespectful, aggressive shit about Christians. They speak on Christians. They quote scripture at them that applied to the 1400s. And go, why don't you do this? Did you sacrifice a goat? Did you do this? Did you do this? Then you're not a real Christian. They question and they question. They say whatever they want to about Christians. They take that and they apply that to any situation where there is a community that has been seen as the majority or the front running community. And they act like we enslaved homosexuals. You see what I'm saying? And they apply oppressor rebellion to heterosexuals they say whatever the fuck they want to about us they do aggressive wild shit to us they speak on our community without limit they do not eye for an eye they do not give what they seek they act as if being a person who is attracted to the opposite sex makes me someone who oppressed them and that's some fucking bullshit they act like me being someone who is attracted to the opposite sex means I've benefited from 400 years of economic superior. Like they act like my ancestors built the country off the back of homosexuals. That's how they treat heterosexuals. You feel what the fuck I'm saying? They act like heterosexuals ancestors built the country off the back of homosexuals, hard work and free labor. And that's not what the fuck it is. That's how our gender role, our community don't get to speak on our own fucking community. That's how every other community get to say whatever the fuck they want to about heterosexuals. When you take heterosexuality and treat it like slave masters. That's what this whole arc was. And I wanted to give you the floor to speak on the issue because I thought you may have some counterpoints or some softer elements of how this plays out in society. Even down to some basic like, uh, I seen a lady moving in to the uh to the complex, and it was just her and her legit. When I saw the couch hit the edge of the ramp, I was like, "Y'all get out the way." And it was like, "Excuse me," I was like, "Y'all get out the way," and I just carried the shit up the steps, sat it in the in the living room, and then I walked down and went to minding my fucking business. It was just second nature. It wasn't even a fucking discussion. You understand me? Yeah. That's way too heavy for the woman and her son to be trying to move by themselves. It wasn't even nothing to think about. How often does a nigga who ribs touching have a woman he don't know come cook him dinner? Never. Fucking never. There is no balance to, to chivalry shit either, bro. Our gender role, our role in society ain't fucking changing, bro. It ain't changing at all. And there are things that that there have never been there to balance. But for, for the eradication of things we depended upon that helps solidify what our expectations are to be gone, but our role to not change is flat out fucking bullshit. 
and to wonder why so many niggas refuse to get married, it's because they not fucking stupid. It ain't because they afraid of commitment. It's because they dumb as fuck if they do agree to some shit like that that obligate them to every responsibility of the union, whether they are part of it or not. And what they agreeing to some half-ass dumb shit anyway. What they getting ain't, ain't worth the selling pitch. It ain't worth what the risk is. What you used to get was way more fucking valuable than what you get in a day. Point blank period. And that's. I think that's a whole other conversation in itself. But my I had a couple comments. One comment was you mentioned how we are being treated like the like we are benefiting from owning slaves, uh, like we're enslaving homosexual uh, people and like they treat us like we we're, we're their oppressors and largely like I'm like I don't want to eat in a restaurant where homosexuals or something. I don't give a fuck. I love y'all like I love everybody. Sexual. So I no, but but for the people who just attracted to other the other sex and who just live life and love y'all like they love everybody, fuck that being treated like I'm some oppressor, bro. Fuck that shit, cuz. I understand. Especially when the mechanism and structure of life and society hasn't created a history where you should be able to treat just a random motherfucker who like the opposite sex like an oppressor. The the sexuality spectrum differences does not exist in the oppressor structure like white to melanated people across the globe. That's not the same shit. And they get treated the same. The Christian, non-Christian oppression that has existed around the globe, that shit don't apply to the spectrum of sexuality. And that need to be cut the fuck away. Point blank period. Point blank period. You want me to tell you a term I have never heard? Cut me off after I say this. Heterophobic. I have never heard anyone accused of being heterophobic. When there is countless conversation around absolutely every fucking thing involving us, they constantly question what we do constantly call things we do gay when when spoken reasons was excited to take the salt the steak from salt bay comments all under there if my man did this shit this would be our last date when amari cooper refused to take it off with his knife and had to take it off with his hand why are men so insecure we can't fucking win when we gonna start calling motherfuckers heterophobic Huh? That's what I mean by balance. When are we as a community going to get to tell everybody else, shut the fuck up? Now cut me off. Yeah, man. Uh, Nah. I feel like we can go two hours on this shit alone, man. Like... Like I get what the fuck you're saying. I I truly do. You you are you with these flight decks becoming these social contract tabularizer talks? 
Yeah, because Bet. the show gonna get a hook. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a lot short on the back end because these are things that you can talk about for hours. Yeah, like and the tension high, the tension high. I ain't never went at you like that. I was like, say it, like, say it. Heterosexual, <laughs> heterosexual people get <laughs> heterosexual, and it seems like it's just mostly men. Because women can kind of fall back into like their own box. Women can or, experiment in college and not be gay. Like, it's you, only you it's a reason I said men role ain't changing yeah. at all. But that's the thing. The discussion like, ain't changing either. I mean, homosexual people's oppressors have been heterosexual people. And so it's that not true. Not true. How many of these family values motherfucking Republicans have been caught with a secret male lover? A lot of their oppressors have been homosexual people in the goddamn closet. That's the bullshit. The discussion, if you look at the actual history. It's not bullshit. You feel what I'm saying? It's not it's, it's ba- but the balance is you got to talk about both. You feel what I'm saying? No, Don't I, say I, a I, lot no. of their oppressors have been heterosexual. Their oppressors have been from both communities. Can I can I respond to that? Yeah, I'm sorry I cut you off, but folks lash out. <laughs> People who are like when they have those folks who are closet right. homosexuals who appear straight in broad daylight, but they moonlight is homosexual. They feel that oppression and it, it, when it comes to the exterior, that is what they oppress other homosexual people so they don't appear homosexual to the folks. I can understand the psychology behind. I respect that. And I can understand the psychology. I feel like to kind of put your assertion in, my terms and you tell me if if I'm understanding or digesting it correctly if you internally believe that you can't stand in the sunlight and be loved you believe that casting a shadow is a way to ascend so that's why it's a part of their platform because they feel they can't be truthful so by oppressing others it will you know what I'm saying step step their way by stepping on others up is that what you kind of certain? That's why they, yeah, they people from their own they, community have 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 been a part of the oppression cycle. But it's because it was their way; they believed it to be their way toward being accepted. Well, they had to pretend so they fit in. Like they, for whatever reason, they had to pretend to be a part of the community that they weren't a part of when they wanted to be a part of another community. But they saw how the community they the if they were posing as a heterosexual, they saw how heterosexual people treat homosexual people. So they have to appear to be heterosexual and do the same thing that those heterosexual people are doing to their counterparts that they want to be a part of. But they are part of this community. So they have to it's kind of, it's kind of like frat boys. Like, I don't want to haze these motherfuckers, but if I don't haze <laughs> as a big dog, if I don't haze, then you didn't want to. You didn't want to haze. You didn't want to haze. I didn't want to haze. No, man, I couldn't wait to be pledge master. Fuck that. I want to stay free. Nah. The the, but that also is those communities have are more of a community 
and they fight together to do whatever the whatever their goal is. They're working towards that goal. We don't have like we are so factioned in the heterosexual community. And I don't I don't feel like we fighting this battle as a unit, like how you and I we see eye to eye on this shit. We may have different perspectives in detail, but we see, like, I, I see exactly where you're coming from. Like, there is no, yeah, like, if I wanted to be, if I wanted to stay at home and and, and work on writing and shit all day, and my, my lady has a nice director position, then I would be seen as less of a fucking man. And it's like, what, what, well, my writing is- And even if your lady was okay with it, your circle right. would comment and question and talk about you constantly. If they were not brave enough to do it to your face, they do it behind your back to her. Constantly 100%. devalue and question you. 100%. Yeah. And yeah. That's why it's a social contract. We're talking about it from a societal standpoint. You did. But which is why I feel like how many people do you know that have these opinions that you have or actually articulating this in on on a larger scale and making this a part of the conversation. Like nobody, Mm -hmm. like you said, nobody has ever heard heterophobic. Square bin. Like nobody. Cause just to, just to speak toward what you're talking about from a personal standpoint, I have been in relationships that have been completely reversed from what traditional gender roles would be where I was not the financial backstop where I was the person who took care of the home and kept shit solid. I worked, but I wasn't even close to being a breadwinner. You did what I'm saying? <laughs> Not even fucking close. Yeah, it says shit got crazy and my situation got hazy. Shawty bought another whip and threw me the one she was in. Like, understand that when I talk to y'all on other episodes about the universe sending me nothing but motherfucking blessings, I have been blessed. I am not talking like this because I have been in deficient relationships. I have been wildly fucking blessed. Even in the ones where I was bringing in more Kate balance was created in countless other ways and I won't speak to why those situations didn't work out but just to speak toward why I'm screaming at P stop talking about outliers it's because if I did that we wouldn't even talk about this because all of my life has been an outlier when it come to the, the bitching we doing about these gender roles you feel what I'm saying like I've been in a relationship where the gender roles were flipped, the one I just discussed, one that I existed in for almost a decade. We got to do the shit the old fashioned way. So it just wasn't a fucking problem. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was man, she was woman, spider, grass, pay that bill. I got you here. I got you here. Oh, you about to die. I keep you alive. You oh you ain't gonna you ain't gonna take your ass to the hospital okay here goes some extra sleeping pills hey where the fuck we going okay yeah we at we at Northside go ahead and get your ass out I'm finna park the car you feel what I'm saying you should like keep you alive you one of them stupid ass old cavemen I, I'm I got you boo like I have been blessed and if 
if I wasn't willing to talk like I'll have a devil's advocate about the conversation around whether or not size matters. And once again, I will be speaking for a community I am not a part of. And you'll know what I mean once we talk about it. But if people like me don't bring shit like this up, people who are less equipped won't have a voice on this shit. You feel what I'm saying? Right, right. But like this, like everything we just discussed has not been a problem in my relationships. That's part of why I'm on your ass. Like, man, talk about this shit, please. Because you are wildly empathetic. And if you commit to putting yourself in someone else's shoes as an advocate, (laughs) playing devil's advocate, something we do on this show, man, whatever community you choose to trumpet yourself for, whatever community you choose to shine a light for, they will be blessed. You feel what I'm saying? So in this conversation, I'm not saying be a heterosexual dick and tell everybody else, fuck them. We already talked about it. And, uh, That's me. And I had I does that. But you need to talk about it though. You feel what I'm saying? And I appreciate you for getting there. Get be a little more uh open and willing. We'll get that. That was season one about though, getting there. I got another comment. So the reason why I believe you see this attack on heterosexuality is because of other people's experience. And when your experience is one thing, like when you- You in the royal sense, he not talking about me. Yeah, yeah, you in the the royal. Is- I'm sorry. Folks experience with heterosexuality has been so negative or has been traumatic or whatever that they've gone through with the heterosexual community that they want to see it dismantled. Like there are large groups of black, like I'm I'm not one of the black folks who, like I've experienced racism 100% at the hands of white people countless times, but I choose to treat everybody individually. There are large groups of people who don't treat Things by, by at a case by case matter. So it said, like I, I was saying that how some people's sexuality or heterosexuality has been responsible for somebody's trauma or somebody's pain. So they believe that the entirety of heterosexuality needs to be dismantled. Like some groups of black people believe that whiteness has been the reason behind all of our pain, all of our trauma. So whiteness as an institution needs to be dismantled. And it's a, they don't treat things at that individual case, but on an individual case by case basis. Like okay, is, I heard case by whole, case. Yeah, the, the whole of this shit needs to go. Like we're not treating this shit individually. Like a lot of women are have experienced that trauma with maybe one boyfriend that they thought that they was gonna marry. He's a heterosexual man, 
And so they get to see the conversation of homosexual people, but she's a heterosexual woman. So she jumping, hell yeah, fuck them niggas until I find me a good enough man because we are largely selfish. And so we're willing to jump to whatever suits us at the time. And I think that's what you're seeing a lot of is like this, nah, this suits me or I'm just going to project because the whole of my or a majority of my experience has been at the hands, my, the, my trauma and my pain has been at the hands of this group of people because I, my family are a bunch of heterosexual assholes and I came out to them, I confided in them and they all jumped on me and cast me out of the family. So it's fuck heterosexual people because that's been my experience with heterosexual people and the people that are the closest to me. So, and, and But if I, we as a community are going to openly and accurately call people who run around saying negative things about homosexuals just because of their sexuality. If we're going to, as a whole, see how fucking stupid and not okay that is and going to get them right the fuck up out of here. We got to do it in every situation. You got damn right. Because tabula rasa, if you can't put it here, it cannot be reproduced. And I'd be damned if you can run a fully negative ad campaign on heterosexuality, everyone, heterosexual women, homosexual men, homosexual women, LGBTQ, everyone can run a negative ad campaign on heterosexual men and it not be okay to talk negative about any other community. Fuck y'all. We not going to do that. That's what I'm saying. You're not going to run a negative ad campaign on us every goddamn day while saying it ain't okay to talk about any other community because it don't make sense. There is no balance there. It ain't. At some point, people just going to stop giving a fuck. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a negative ad campaign, 110%, bro. I, I'm not. I'm not saying it's not a negative ad campaign. That's not what I'm saying whatsoever. My think about the impact on a generation of calling people. Think about the impact on a generation of people where you call anyone at the moment that they share their sexuality, and it is not heterosexuality. We call it brave and celebrate them, and as a world. People can say whatever negative shit they want to about heterosexuals. Think about the impact on the generation. From a blank slate to 50 years from now, from tabula rasa to half a century. Think about the impact on a generation where being anything but heterosexual is brave and courageous. And you can say whatever negative shit you want to about heterosexuals. I don't think that's okay. No, it's the same situation that you get into where you made the, uh, what we talked about. Pronouns. Lil Nas X. No, how Lil Nas X attacked the, they were coming after him. And then he attacked the Christian community with some of his comments or a song or something like that. It's you. We won't, we won't, we reach that understanding if 
everybody's just trying to bully everybody. I got bullied, so I'm going to bully. But even the soul, like us being bullied as a heterosexual community, we not going to be able to just go and say fuck them and just continue to and, and bully them. Words are powerful. And 90% of the people who discuss the Little Nas X issue would say the sentence like this. He was attacked by the Christian community and he defended himself. Not attacked back. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You said attack. 90% of people would say he defended himself. And I'm saying in no situation would a heterosexual be attacked and do something aggressively negative and it be called defending themselves. No. It would be an attack because that's what we they are. Call it, yeah, we, we have to be because there are attacks we, on both sides, and they're both negative things both being sides. put into the world. One hundred percent. Okay, that's the, that's that's the, the only side. thing. That's what I mean by balance. We have to see that it's negative. No, I, I definitely understand. It's negative for everyone outside of the heterosexual community yeah. to be able to have open conversations about us, say negative stuff. And admonish us and say all kind of fucked up shit about us in any way they want to and think that their communities are protected from this type of conversation. If they don't understand the imbalance in that, then they have to accept that there will be a great deal of people who remain ignorant or just do not care because of their choice. It is a choice. Ignorance is a choice. If you refuse to see that imbalance, you have to accept that there will be people who refuse to see the ones that you want removed because the worst thing a disenfranchised community can do is only want the double standards that make it hard for them to see over the fence removed. Because then you're just simply asking for an unlevel playing field. Remove all of the double standards to create a playing field that is level. That's so if we, as different communities, are not going to disrespect and comment on other ones, if we, as different communities, are going to have ownership over our identity, how about people outside the heterosexual communities stop speaking on our shit? Yeah. At some point, it'd be called ignorant and heterophobic. Speaking on yours, don't speak on At some point, let's call them ignorant and heterophobic. When they start speaking on our shit, you ignorant and heterophobic. Fuck you. I can I can bachata to Selena all I want to wear my socks. That's my shit. You no, know what I'm saying? Like, fuck that shit. Well, we, also <laughs> you know what have, we also need to have I see <laughs> it's my it, there's it's, it's I kid you not, bro. Cause this was funny, bro. This little nigga. This little nigga got out the whip the other day and he looked like he was getting ready to slam the door. I was like, don't you slam that goddamn door. And he was like, what? I said, we both know you heard me. He like, man, play some gangster shit next time. Everybody ain't gay, bro. I ain't gonna care. I had on a uh, a crazy color blue wife beat or some shit like that. And the shit, I was playing Streets 94.5. If you in Atlanta, y'all know that's young jocking them in the morning. It's usually straight hood shit playing on that fucking radio station. But the song that just happened to play on his like little short shit was like, 
uh, uh, I think a money fight or some bullshit like that. Whatever that uh city girl shit is. I don't want to sing it when I do my dance. Da da da. Gangsta the most motherfuckers. What are you talking about? <laughs> but anyway, the whole point. Well, I was like, my nigga, it's an iPad sitting right here. You could have heard whatever song you wanted to. Don't wait till you get out the car to say that because it don't make you gangster and it don't get you what you want. What? I said, we both know you heard what I said. He closed the door. He didn't slam it. He like, just play some gangster shit next time. And I was like, if you ever get in my car again, I got you. Then they were like, everybody ain't gay. I said, I'm not gay either, bro. Everybody ain't gay. <laughs> I was like, I was like, you can be as upset as you want to about the music, but I don't know why you think that's relevant. And I don't know why you think if I was that I'd give a fuck about that comment. Can I paint a can I paint a picture real quick? Like, if 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 anybody hearing this, if anybody hearing this is of the homosexual community, do y'all deal with dumb shit like that all goddamn day? Is niggas like this the reason this is a topic? Like, because yes. this is what made yes. this a flight deck. It was him saying that, and I was like, do they deal with this shit all the time? Is the this time. why they think they can say whatever the fuck they want to to us? It's because niggas yeah. like this running around saying this type of shit to everybody he meet, trying to catch a homosexual. Oh, you is? Gotcha. I'm mad at y'all, because this nigga probably gay. These probably the... uh. <laughs> This probably one of the uh, family values in the closet dudes. Because he probably run around saying stuff like that to people all day. It was like 5 o'clock in the morning, G. He was headed to bed. You feel what I'm saying? That's That's the last thing he said to another person all day. I was like, and the the funniest shit is, he one of them niggas that walked like he fell off a ladder. You know what I mean when I say that? No. One of his legs don't bend. Oh, it's like that straight like joint where yeah. he's kind of launching off his leg. Yeah. And he five four if he five foot. So he a tiny little like I'm a, I'm 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 at least oh, damn near a foot taller than this nigga. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. To get ready to slam my dough and for me to be like, don't slam my goddamn dough. He may have just said it trying to find a way to try to catch the upper hand. You feel what I'm saying? But it made him feel very small because he was mad about the city girls and wanted to just slam the dough and storm off. And I, and I ain't let him do that. So then he had to try to find a way to be more angry or dominant. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, yeah. how does liking girls make you dominant when you 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 walk like you fell off a ladder is how I'm going to keep saying it because I don't want to say any community and disrespect them. You feel what I'm saying? But like, you should have seen how this nigga walked into the car. It was it was hilarious, bro. It, it was very funny. You know what I'm saying? That's the thing, bro. It's like... It was funny, bro. And it took a lot not to laugh. Like, and it was one of, yeah, like a nickname. It wasn't no name name. <laughs> That's what people got to continue with. That's what people in the, homo, in the homosexual community 
LBGTQ community got to contend with is people. Oh, and that's what I was going to say. If anybody in that community hear this, does this happen regularly? And does something like that actually shift you off your square? Like, is that somewhere you hear it and you're like, man, fuck you. Is, Is my car, my music, eat a dick? Or is it like, whatever, it don't even get a response. Like, how do you respond to something like that? Is that something you get? Because if heterosexual people getting it, y'all have to be dealing with it? Is niggas out there just shooting a shot to see if they can offend people? Because you know if somebody black or melanated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know if somebody black or melanated, so you can hate them easily. You can just see it and be like, yeah, yeah. Are there niggas who insecure running around investigating like, yeah, yeah, okay, this nigga wife be the crazy color. What color that air freshness is? Okay, okay. City girls. Okay, that's the trifecta. <laughs> Got him. Yeah. <laughs> I think he that- said JT was the last straw, period. It's, it's shitty people in every single community, whether it's it got to deal with race, oh. whether it got to deal with religion, whether it got to deal with sexuality, whether it got to deal with gender. It's shitty people in every fucking subcategory. And large in part, people find like, well, people want to be think- part of a majority. And so they'll they'll dive on somebody in a minority. And now you got to deal with like he's short, so it's tall people. Like, look at this short motherfucker. And now he look, now he angry and he amped the fuck up. And now he like, man, fuck all tall people. Yeah. I see what you're saying. <laughs> like, it's a, it, it is a perpetuating, right? I mean, you see him like it's. Yeah. So it's, it's fucked up on all, like on all sides, man. It's not. I didn't even realize this till you said that people do put big in front of stuff to amplify insults. Yeah, you big stupid head. Yeah, your big ugly, big dumb ass nigga. What? And then he be like, yo, little fuck ass. Yeah, yeah. That had to come from little niggas just putting big in front of shit. Yeah, to make it so. Yeah, yeah. I like where your head at on that. See, now you now you in the realm of see you ain't smoking, but now you in my level. You feel me? Now you thinking how I need you thinking. Not to cut you off, but cut us off, man. We you you said we could go for hours on this. We did too. <laughs> go ahead. Can I give you some headlines, man? I need you to. That that the name of the choke. <laughs> All right. First story, man. Who is that? Uh, this is by M.com. You cut out. Who is that? Reports Lakers agreed to Ru- Russell. NBA.com. Am I back? You are. I'm back. Okay, cool. Chris, do your thing. Article. Lakers agree to Russell Westbrook trade, and that's on NBA.com. NPR, Simone Biles highlights the unique stresses athletes feel at the Tokyo Olympics. That is by NPR. And this next one is by Newsweek. 
That story is, who is Lamont Marcel Jacobs? Meet Italy's Texas-born Tokyo Olympics 100 meters champion. Oh, I'll run this one of the most not tough ones. Oh, that's unnecessary. This one of the most not tough ones ever. One, two, three into the Brody. Fuck you talking about, man. Talk to me about West Brody. Talk about kid. Yes, sir. Lakers. Copyright. Give me some headlines.com. I don't want to hear that one, two, three into the Brody. Nowhere the fuck else, kid. Except for right here, kid. All season long. We in this beat. Talk to me, man. Oh, man. Reports. Lakers agree to Russell Westbrook trade. The Los Angeles Lakers are wasting no time making changes after a disappointing first-round cameo in the 2021 playoffs. Multiple multiple reports have the 2020 NBA champions acquiring former Kia NBA MVP and Wizards point guard Russell Westbrook in exchange for Kyle Kuzma, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, Montrez Harrell, and the 22nd overall pick of the 2021 draft uh, from like a motherfucker, bro. You got to start saving them articles on your phone. Uh, yeah, I do. That's an old player trick. You, you crisp as fuck now. When you're back, you be back. I'm talking about you popcorn yeah. shrimp fly. Yeah, man. Um, but the trade can't be officially announced until August the 6th when the salary cap becomes official. Teams can make uh, moves for the upcoming season. But, uh, yeah, they have agreed to that trade, man. Um, and that means that – well, I'll let you – I'll let you – this will be a launching point for your response because I know you're a huge Brody fan, so I'll let you take off, bro. How you feel about that thing, man? Did bitch say I look like daddy? All I'm missing is some babies. Told me I need to stop playing. I can't hear what shout is saying. Cut it, weed on smoking too loud. Young nigga black and too proud. Hit the blunt that ash it while I back out. Black out. Back out. God flow. Jesus ho. Mary Madeline. Yeah, I'm back again. Russell Redbrook. You know what I'm averaging. Triple double. I don't care. They clap again. Do this shit for no praise or accolade. Day Cray. Who trying to catch the fade? Slap ball with you. Man, y'all heard me call Russell Redbrook. You know what I'm averaging. Triple double. I don't care. They clap again. Wrote that freestyle last year, man. And that nigga proved me right. Me. Soon as I seen he went to the Wizards, I said he averaging a triple-double again. Man, for niggas to sit and act like Chris Paul or one of these other niggas would have been better for the Lakers is flat-out fucking disgusting. Let me be the first to tell you, Russell Westbrook right now would be a better number two than Dwayne, w- than Dwayne Wade was at his level of health when Brian got to Miami and they went to four straight fucking finals. Tell me Dwayne Wade at that point had a better fucking three-pointer than, than Russell Westbrook do. Tell me he had a better three-pointer. Okay, silence. So at that point, tell me he had more explosion. Okay. At that point. In 2010. 
Lebanon. He didn't know. Nah, no, of course the fuck not. This nigga just came off a 20-point triple-double season. Dwayne Wade averaged like 19 points in them championship runs. And people acting like this nigga can't be the third piece. People acting like the Nets one put together to beat the Lakers without Westbrook. And now they asking, do they have a shot? This is the funniest thing about LeBron constructed teams. They laughed at him getting AD and the potential of them being able to do it just as a twosome. Now the NBA doesn't need a big three. And then that became the storyline. Oh, okay. And then the big threes get put together to try to beat them because they look way more fucking dominant than you thought they were going to be. The team that got Giannis right the fuck up out of here get smacked by that Laker team. KD and Kyrie look over there at Braun and AD and go, we ain't got enough. The most beautiful thing about this shit is the flat out fucking poetry that it creates. Let me construct the narrative for you and I toss it back to you, my brother. Okay. KD is on the hottest of hot seats. You want me to tell you why? Bron has the chance to win with the point guard he said he couldn't win with. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I was thinking in my head. Bron already won with a nigga who hadn't made it out of the first round Mm -hmm. as his number two. Now he about to go win with Brody. So you can't make him your scapegoat for why the fuck you kept fucking off OKC runs. In his 30s. And guess what else make it even sexier? He went and won with Kyrie with Kevin Love as his number three, bitch. You got an MVP as your number three. It ain't no motherfucking excuses in Brooklyn. If you can't win with Kyrie and he won with young Kyrie who had never been to the playoffs, he went to three straight finals with a nigga who had never been to the playoffs with a nigga who had two number one overall draft picks drafted to his team. That's how sorry Kyrie Cleveland teams was. When LeBron got drafted number one overall like Kyrie did, he didn't have another lottery pick come to his team. That's why he had to leave in free agency. Kyrie had two number one overall picks. Anthony Bennett was a miss, and then Andrew Wiggins got traded for for K-Love. That's because Kyrie and his teams didn't win shit until LeBron got there. So all of this clutch shit they talk about ain't possible without that nigga. Because up until this year, he hadn't won a playoff series without him because he was injured for them Boston runs. Yeah. Kyrie Irving had not won a playoff series that did not involve LeBron James until 2021. Call it whatever the fuck you want to. But I tell you what you're not going to do is let KD slide because LeBron won with a young nigga who hadn't been to the playoffs. He beat a 73-win team with a young nigga who hadn't been to the playoffs. That same nigga who want to take vacations and do all kind of mercurial crazy shit. He kept him focused enough to give him 40 a game and shit when the clutch time came. Obviously, Kyrie did not want to be there and be around this nigga. And he had him that locked in when he was on his team 
You hit best friend. Get him to show up to work, nigga. If you a leader, if you a champion, if it wasn't Steph Curry and his motherfucking leadership and Draymond and his leadership, okay? Because he about to take your excuse of Brody away. It ain't Brody. It ain't Brody. He just went home to go get him a nice little set of jewelry. Hey, time back. And he ain't had to take no pay cut. I, I fucking love it. Because when I say it put KD in a box, that nigga in a box. Shredder. And we please don't disappoint me, bro. Because a couple episodes, man, I talked about how great of a villain you have been and how amazing it's been to root against you, even in the seasons where you won. Because you need the villain to smack up the turtles every now and again. And at some point, I hope LeBron go ball. Maybe to be this year, he'll give us the ball head season. Shredder, please do not disappoint. Kobe got to the finals and LeBron went out there and got his stupid ass smacked by Dwight Howard. Please give us the finals we want. I need Shredder to make it to the finals. LeBron, I know you got me because you got Brody and the brow. LA360, copyright GSH, LA360, the brow number three, LBJ number six, and the Brody coming home with the double O. Let go. You got the flow. Got some shirts, man. <laughs> GSH, LA360, all season. LA360. Um, Patent pending. <laughs> yeah, bro. Uh, I, I I love it for them, man. Um, like I really do. They gonna hopefully they go find them a, a cheap a cheap shooter somewhere. because uh, Brody THT he's he's a, he's a slasher. He's uh he creates mad like nobody can stay in front of him individually. So. Thinking about Brody in the high pick and roll with Brow and Braun spotting up for the mid-range of the three or kicking it to Braun and letting him get to the middle of the floor because some guy recovering and Braun just too good Bruh, to, for you. Picture to this. Picture AD at the top of the key. Brody got the rock and LeBron come set the pick. And AD dies. What the fuck they doing? Ooh, they should double screen the whole season. <laughs> you hear what the fuck I'm saying, bro? Like, Dwayne Wade is fucking amazing. He in my top four shooting guards. You understand me? One, two, MJ Kobe. And he not number four. He number three. His name say, his number say. But... He, he goaded in my book. I fuck with Dwayne Wade. He ain't the facilitator Brody is. Nigga done average a triple-double for four or five seasons after losing somebody who is an all-world scorer who scores at one of the most consistent clips I have ever seen. I'm talking about Shredder. I'm talking about KD. He lost KD. And with a cast of people other niggas can't take to the playoffs except for Chris Paul. He was averaging 10 assists a game with Ibaka and Adams as his most consistent assist. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You don't think a nigga whose best big man was Ibaka and Adams can't facilitate a team that got LeBron and AD as the three and the five? Yeah. 
y'all stupid as fuck. And when it work well and they dominate, keep the same narratives. Don't start all this super team shit because Chris Paul, who just took a team to the fucking finals and Brody was y'all fuck niggas two worst contracts in the league just a couple of years ago. And they finna be back to back in the finals. How the Lakers going this year? You bet your goddamn bottom dollar. My prediction is LeBron finna go get his second scoring title. Yeah. Brody gonna lead the league in assists and AD gonna go for MVP because he gonna be depoy. Because he ain't gonna have to worry about the scoring burden. He was already scaling back being focused on that this year. LeBron was headed for MVP and they was the number one fucking seed. It was, it was, bruh, for them to act like the Lakers weren't headed to repeat before all of the injuries. Oh, yeah. They would have repeated this year if not for injury, and they just added the most explosive player outside of Giannis. Until the seven-foot motherfucker came in the league and played like Russell did, he was the dynamite. Now Giannis is the dynamite. But LAJ got them some. He he am I right? We just got the dynamite. You know what I'm saying? He a fucking cannon explosion. Russell Westbrook dynamite, though, bro. We finna blow up. And the flow yours, man. Talk your shit, G. Nah, man. Uh, I've been a fan of Brody just because he's been one of the more... He's been the most balls-to-the-wall, I guess you can call it small guys, since Allen Iverson, and I'm one of the biggest Allen Iverson fans. And so for him to have to deal with living in Oklahoma City, and I know the people in Oklahoma City loved him, but to stay there after KD left, and then I really wanted him, I wish he'd have still been here in Houston because love seeing him here. Um wasn't able to see a game because of COVID and shit, but yeah, he went out to Washington. Uh, that that broke my fucking heart. But we got John Wall, who I'm a huge fan of. But like, to see him be able to go home and to have the the surrounding or supporting cast that he has going home when he gets all like, because I, I watch a lot of interviews. Like I listen to the commentators, and you know, you hear the post-game interviews and you hear all the questions that they ask them, like just stupid fucking questions about like their legacy and shit. And he, the way he just understands who he is and what he represents and how he approaches the game and how it's never wavered. Like he just go, like I, I play basketball, bro. I'm always going to do that. I'm always going to go out here and work to fucking win, like no matter what the circumstance is. Um, for him to, on the back end of his career, like I hope he's able to stay there and retire there. Uh, but I definitely see them being able to get at least, at least, at least two of these things in the next three or four years. Um, and maybe even as someone who can do everything, that triple double, he proved he could do everything on the court. As somebody who can do everything, he's headed to a team where he doesn't have to for the first time in five years. Watch what the fuck he do when as somebody who can play balls to the wall every minute of the game, he can commit that energy to defense. Watch the Lakers be the number one defense in the league next year, bro. And in the top three on offense. It's about to be 
he and AD gonna be up for MVP. And Braun finna go get this scoring title, bro. Cause he don't have to facilitate. Niggas act like he didn't let Schroeder. Niggas act like he didn't let Schroeder take the lead this year trying to facilitate before Schroeder got injured. Y'all don't remember? He was like, I gotta be in the starting lineup. LeBron was like, all right, we'll see how it go. If you fuck it up, I'm gonna take it. You think he won't do that for Brody? Like, before KD left, that Dallas team that smacked Miami was the reason they didn't go to the finals. That Spurs team that smacked Miami, well, excuse me, the Dallas team that smacked Miami was the reason they didn't go to the finals. They, as a young team that were only together for two years, James Harden as a part of the threesome, went to the finals his second year. And they lost to the big three heat. The third year, that Spurs team that smacked Miami, oh no, they lost to the game six shot. That's why they didn't go. The next year, the team that smacked Miami, that's why they didn't go. The next, you feel, you, you see what I'm saying? They was in the conference finals, conference finals, conference finals. Niggas act like they wasn't winners. You feel what I'm saying? It took champions to prevent them from going to the championship. Right. They didn't lose to anyone but the champion every year after James Harden rookie year. The OKC Thunder lost to the champion every fucking year. And then they broke the fucking team up. Sam Presley don't have this clarity, I'm sure. They lost to Dallas. They lost to Miami. They lost to the Spurs. They lost to the Spurs. And you break up a team that keep losing to the champion. They are almost a fucking champion. Right. Like, what did you think? <laughs> and the piece think? that make you a championship team ain't even on his second contract. You're not going to let that shit grow into what it could be. Right. Right. And if you're going to blame Brody once y'all start losing, fuck y'all from the jump. It was management fault from jump because James Harden, the nigga that went on to be scoring champion, scoring champion, scoring champion, and then lead the league in assists because he felt like it and then win the MVP should have been the nigga making the late game decisions for the OKC Thunder, not Russell Westbrook. And then Sam Presti thought that shit was happening, not Russell Westbrook. Right. Right. He shouldn't have been exhausted. Because he had to score 40 to get y'all to that point. Because he'd had a nigga who could lead the league in scoring coming off the fucking bench happily if you paid him what he was worth. I can't wait for Brody to get this ring because I can't wait for him to talk his shit. Yeah. I can't wait. Beautiful man. And to be honest with you, when he was on the team with Shredder, I had to hate him too. As a nigga who loved this game, I had to hate him. From the moment Shredder left, I've been rocking with this nigga from pillow to post. And I can't wait to yell when that nigga get their ring, bruh. I can't wait, man. Him and the babies and and and, and, and mom, man, the whole family gonna be out there shining. At home, I can't wait. Cause Shadow went to UCLA too. Wifey, didn't she? I think so. I think so. 
Yeah, man. All blessings, man, to the Westbrooks, man, and the Lakers, man. I can't fucking wait. They don't get enough credit as being there. I pray he get at least four years as a Laker. I pray he get I pray he get at least as many years as he spent in the wilderness as a Laker. He deserve he deserve a college, a college, a college tour of other hometown and what it feel like to be somewhere where he gonna get the love he deserved. Cause he got the love he deserved at OKC. The conversation outside of there wasn't what it should be. But now that he home and about to be a motherfucking champion, I can't wait to watch Brody get, get his motherfucking flowers while he's still here. Fuck that. Wait till his knees is clapping and it's hard for him to walk and look back. I want him to get his roses right motherfucking now. You feel what I'm saying? And that's what I can't that wait for. Second line. <laughs> Straight up. Oh. Speaking of motherfuckers. He led the league in assists last year, by the way. So to say Chris Paul would be a better fit because he's a better facilitator, stupid as fuck. Because look at Chris Paul teammates and look at Russell Westbrook teammates last year. Put him on the Phoenix Suns and tell me he doesn't lead the league in assists like he did on the Wizards. Tell me they're a worse team. Shut y'all ass up. My bad. Talk your shit. But you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Give him yeah. D book and and fucking DeAndre Aiden and tell me he don't lead the league in assists again. EG, <laughs> okay. Now instead of D book and Aiden last year, let's say Brody got to play with Braun and Brow last year. What his season would have looked like? Tell me, a injured Braun and Bro- and and Brody couldn't have smacked the Suns. Took him six without him. I can't wait. Y'all stupid. Yeah, I think he'll give us 18, 18 to 20 a game. Uh, I think he would 12, 13 assists a game. I don't see the triple-double on the rebound side. I don't think he's going to have have a bigger load as a rebounder. Maybe get a seven or eight. Shit. He'll walk in fast break when he get the rebound. He not gonna he he not gonna let that value get sacrificed. AD don't like to be in the paint. So if, if he going on the high pick and roll and Brody crash and AD can flush out, this shit gonna be crazy. Instead of buddy, yeah, we just keep yeah, let, yeah. Let, let AD stand around. He gonna eat, bro. I'm telling you, Brody gonna eat, bro. He gonna eat, G. He, he gonna he eat this I'm shit. Saying, I don't. Yeah, I, I I think he gonna average seven to eight a game instead of that. 10-11. My hypotenuse, and I said that on purpose instead of hypothesis, my hypotenuse is that if anything go down, it's going to be his points. Because that's how he proved that he committed that to not worry about scoring. Yeah. But if he want the ball in his hands just as much because he want to control over the game, if he still want to get his numbers on the rebounds and assists, they're not going to trip about that. But if he putting up 25, 27 shots a game, that's gonna be him not being committed to championship basketball. But if he still got the usage rate, he still got the game in his hands. He still got a blood pumping. You feel me? So that's I, I believe assistant. Re- I think he's still gonna get a triple double. Okay. That's why you meet and sit down with him. Because if you're not willing to sacrifice and compromise yourself to play with James Harden, you say, man. 
am I going to be able to be myself if I come here to be what y'all need to be unstoppable? Am I going to be able to be me? That man is a man of high character and he know who the fuck he is. Yeah. I don't think he went and sat down in a meeting and said, what y'all need me to do? Cause I just want to come home. I don't think that's what happened at all. They had some grown, they had some wine, they had some vino or some of that Lobos. Cause you know how that nigga Brian here, you know say he sponsored his home shit like he, like like cameras there. Yeah, it's free. You know, say feel free to take you a bottle, take you a bottle. Bro. Like when some niggas be like, man, we gotta we gotta collaborate, we gotta partner up. I need COD and P. Henry try to the full. I need that. And we having these dinners and and creating these, not even acquisitions, but these mergers. These uh yeah, these A's and these M's. And having uh, stuff from the company farm there's party favors and shit. Yeah, feel free to take you some of that, you know what I'm saying? That friend of yourself. You know, yeah, we got you some uh fresh avocados. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Avocado. Tomato tomatoes. Uh but man, something else happened over the weekend, uh over the end of last weekend to the weekend. Um yeah. The SEC I like that watch, bro. Expanded, man. Dangle that bitch a little bit for me. Put put that bitch in the light. That's how you that's how you model a timepiece. You ain't do some rapper shit. You did some, yeah. Give him that again. I'm gonna put some music behind that. Give me at least about 15 seconds. I'm gonna figure out something. Yeah, that's sexy. Yeah, get at him. Talk your shit. Remember the uh, so you remember um, watch me now. I pulled off my brand new let's discuss style for a minute. Call back home, cop the foul hole. Yeah. So this is uh, this is not a fossil. I I said I fuck with fossil watches. I've I've traded up. (laughs) I think this is my. I think this is my brand, man. Uh, I'm not gonna call out that that five letter uh, brand until they start. They come with that check, man. But this is uh, shout out to Peter Pablo. Different. Y'all gonna have to pay me, cuz. Yeah, y'all gotta pay me. Y'all gonna pay me. Yeah, GSH is on his way. Y'all gonna have to pay me. Um, yeah, they ain't gonna be able to go back and be like, well, yeah, they fuck with us in the beginning of their podcast. Yeah, come spend our come spend your money with us. Night, like, nah. I did yeah. for we uh for we even mention your ass. But um I did. um SEC expanded, man. Picked up two new teams. Uh who are those teams you may ask? You probably already know. What Texas, they did right here? Oklahoma. Huh? What is this? Chop session. Okay. Okay. My bad. <laughs> He said, I ain't even going to do it funny. I know how he going to clean time stamps. <laughs> <laughs> so he know when the subject change. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, hey, this, having a show is some, it's some, it's some, you get to see this shit as a finished product. We get to be a part of this shit. Like that's why creation is fun because we get to be a part of the creative process. Most of the laughs and the funny shit and all like the like the headaches, all that shit happened and you don't even see us. Like you, that nigga tension got high. He yelled to me about comment on this shit. You wouldn't imagine how many times that shit happened throughout the week. <laughs> <laughs> this shit be happening. 
But uh, the SEC expanded, man. We beat up on uh, Texas, Texas and uh, Oklahoma. And I just wanted Long to chop up a quick second about uh, how, like, what do you think about, like, that expansion? Like, what do you think happens in light of that expansion from, um, like, because they obviously were in this, at one point it had already happened, SEC picked up Texas A&M and Missouri. And so now picking up the Blue Bloods in that conference, like the two biggest Blue Bloods, like nobody's won more games probably over the last 20 years outside of Alabama, LSU, and Clemson than Oklahoma. Um, And then you pick up Texas, which is Texas. Like they got their own – they got the Longhorn Network. So you got – you take the identity – away from the Big 12, essentially, by them losing um, Texas and Oklahoma. I wanted to hear, like, kind of your thoughts about – because I've, I've heard – I've listened to a different – or a few different perspectives, man. And so to get the perspective of somebody to see, like, how what's the long-term effect of this shit? Like, to be the – because whenever you start with a product or a service, you want to be the first person to market. And so for the SEC to jump out there and be like, all right, like let's let's go like shake the shake the landscape a little bit. And this is definitely yeah. a landscape shaper and uh shaker. So uh definitely wanted to hear your thoughts about what the hell you think this means for college football as a as a whole and like this is this will be kind of a I don't know how long this conversation is gonna be, but I want to talk about like some other factors in this. Um, so let me hold up before I give you, I throw that question to you. The SEC is right. Let me now give you something forward. quick right there. Let me give you something oh, quick right now on yeah. that. Go ahead. To respond quickly, what is this? Initially, from what you said and what I've gathered. I believe this to be something that hit in the middle of the show last week. You remember the thing that scared the hell out of me? And I was like, that loud ass thunder? Yeah, yeah. Ah, this is the thunder. The lightning bolt was that $300 million contract that the SEC Network signed for the afternoon game. How do you justify that? By having... Texas versus Florida. Oklahoma, Georgia. You remember what them numbers did in the playoff? Now you get yeah. that in the regular season at 3.30 on CBS. Season. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I think this is thunder. I think that was the lightning. That was the SEC saying, we are signing a contract comparable to the one the NFL is about to take a step up from. Yeah. That is yeah. the SEC creating something half as strong by being damn near 16 teams as the NFL. That's what I think the SEC just did. They became the NFC of college football. Now, (laughs) what does this mean long-term to give you a short, quick little sound bite too? All right, go ahead. There'll be a buoyed effect because having more high quality teams means more losses in the regular season. Mm -hmm. But when a team is truly dominant, 
strength of schedule will mean that SEC championship losses don't ex- exclude them from the playoff. So while there may be some three loss teams that get kicked in the nuts, like if y'all played Texas, y'all would have lost two. Fuck y'all. You know what I'm saying? Them type of situations. <laughs> Had y'all not played Fort Florida Atlantic instead of having to have an in-conference game against somebody of that caliber. You know what I'm saying? I think that's going to be the negative, but long-term, the strength of schedule benefit is going to be unstoppable for the teams that are truly dominant. The two lost teams, it's going to be three and four SEC teams in the conversation. Yeah. Because of their schedules. Yeah. I uh, all right. So what I wanted to do off of that, off the back of that, I appreciate them comments, man, because I think we have some of the same like sentiments. Where I was like, damn, like the SEC now is sixteen strong teams. Like that, that is half the fucking. How team. you hating from outside the SEC? You can't even get in. Once it's sixteen, baby, we locked. We lock, exactly. baby. And I think that it's, it's the perfect fucking number because it's, it's a four by four. So I was thinking. Yeah, and so and th- 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 to interject one sure. last little piece, what it means long term, what the Lakers just did as a counterpunch to what the Nets did, the other conferences may be looking to poach big names from other conferences. Oh, 100%. so. Watch the ACC be on the hunt. That's all I'm saying. Watch yeah. the ACC be on the hunt for a whale. Yeah. What um, two? Or, or two. So they ain't going to sit by. That ain't, that ain't the game plan. The SEC right now constructed is Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Missouri, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas A&M, Vandy, and now you got Texas and fucking Oklahoma. Like that's that's crazy. And I I to my my thought about this shit was, man, what if you took what if you had like in the NFL, say you got the NFC, right? You got the mm-hmm. NFC East north south uh west and the thing i'm you gonna hate is you got to see two years go by before they play everybody now or if you start the season like everybody wants those warm-up games but if you have like your 14 games or i'm sorry yeah yeah 14 games roughly and it's just and it's just conference like you start your conference schedule week one um like, if you had four, like you have the North, South, the East, the West, you got four teams at each of these conferences. Like, do you play a, or could you play a conference schedule? You got the, say, the SEC East, the SEC West, but then you got yeah. two divisions. Even in that, you pay, you play your divisions within your your four stack, and then on your side you compete, and then you have the SEC champion come. Um which is how they kind of how they do it now. It's just a larger pool of teams. Uh, and it's, it's more evenly spread because you have that four by four instead of seven and seven. Uh, so maybe some creative ways for them to create a schedule where they are 
Yeah, where it's but I know folks are gonna want to probably be biannual cross league play. Yeah. You switch the teams that you play out of the West. You see what I'm saying? It's eight teams in the West, eight teams in the East. You play four teams this year, you'll play the other four next year. That's probably how they do it to balance it. Right. And the thing now that you can't is that too simple? Not a bit. No, it's not too simple at all. Okay. The thing you, you see now is how much of a business this shit actually is. Because now you bring in Texas and Oklahoma with allowing players to capitalize off of their likeness, which means now you it's really going to be tough to beat the SEC and getting players. Like, it's going to be big tough because of the team that you have playing, because of the eyeballs you have. Like, the SEC. Even the network, small teams the will know they will have a big platform when they play four teams from the East or four teams from the West that are the big teams. Right. Even the small schools will get the big players. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you finna, I feel like you, man, this is, it's pretty monumental, man. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, Patent pending like, on that other like, line, too. We need to start, get, we need to get our merch up. The GSH, how yeah. you hating from outside the SEC when you can't even get in shirts. We need them ready for the kickoff. And they had a 16 teams on the back. Had that on the front, the 16 teams on the back with SEC at the top. You with it? Oh, hell yeah. You know how Matter excited fact, I am, no nigga? I get to go two hours away, either north, northwest, or northeast to College Station, northeast of College Station, northwest to Austin. And I get to go see possibly Bama play, possibly Georgia play. Oh, like shit. Yeah. I didn't even think about being able to go to UGA to catch some of them games. Right. Because I you fought with that. UT. Yeah. So to have. It's just a little 50 minute ride for like, me because I'm already on the east side. And I think it's perfect now because. I get to Athens quick, man. Like you got, like it, all of these motherfuckers are still South. Like it's still the South. Like I, I, they, people consider Texas the Southwest because it's so fucking big. But both of those motherfuckers, like neither one of those teams, Texas A&M or Texas cross the mid, the midpoint of Texas. Like it's still Southeast relatively. So you still maintain. For people who don't understand the, the trip, the trip from Atlanta to Texas is about 900. 30 miles, Texas is like 980 across. So you can't say it's a part of the West. The midpoint of Texas is where the West start. That's why it's Southwest, because it's a part of the South to Southeast. A good bit of it is, period. You feel what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Port Arthur, Texas is closer to Atlanta than it is to El Paso. Where Pimp C and Bun B is from is closer to Atlanta than it is to El Paso, Texas. So stop fucking with Texans when they talk about seceding from the Union. They the size of a country. They're bigger than Germany. They're bigger than Great Britain. They're bigger than Italy. They're bigger than a lot of them European countries put together. Texas big as fuck, man. <laughs> Leave Texas alone, man. I drove from fucking Wyoming. <laughs> We drove from Wyoming to Houston, Texas. The majority of that ride was in Texas. We went from Wyoming. It was a it was an eighteen hour trip. Ten hours of the trip was in 22. Texas. 
it was 22 hours. Oh, I was asleep for, for three hours. Uh, <laughs> hey, go, yeah. Yeah. It was a good ride, though. I was high as a coyote for all of it. <sighs> yeah. Shouts out to Colorado. I fucks with Amsterdam, but it's hard to go out the country when you got places in the country where it's legal now. Yeah. For them type of trips and them type of kick it sessions. Amsterdam different though. I need a public service announcement right quick so the people that give me some headlines. Hey, get this shit popping. Cause P trying to get back on this reefer. And I, I got I got some goals in my head. I need y'all to get this shit popping so I can hit these goals so I can get back on this reefer, man. I've been off the wagon for a minute. And I'm not I'm not hopping back on until this is a personal, it's a personal choice. But I need y'all to help me with this thing, man. I'm reaching out to the people because I'm a man of the people, for the people, by the people. Uh, but I need that. Yeah, man, I'm excited about this SEC expansion. Subscribe, rate, um, review, tell your friends. Yeah, they they need to. I'm, I'm definitely um the SEC. If they was listed on the stock exchange, I'd buy a stock. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, bro. Yeah. And uh, when you talk about college football, you got to talk about where those, especially with the SEC, who with the conference has put more people in the NFL than any other conference, I think, over the past 10 years, 20 years. This conference has put more people in. We'll say ten years. It's probably it's probably fifty. Oh, it's definitely twenty. You got to think from when we were in college to now, right, right. But also, bro, think about where the Heisman winners have come from in the past fifteen years. Two of the quarterbacks, Kyler Baker, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Talking the Vince Youngs of the world, Texas. We talking the Derrick Henrys, the Mark Ingrams, the who else in Alabama that snuck that motherfucker? We talking uh, the Adrian Petersons, Devontae Oklahoma, Devontae Smith last year. We talking all of the Heisman winners right here in the SEC. Talking eight or nine of the has 15 championships right here in the SEC. You bring Oklahoma and Texas in, we can go back 20 years and say 12, 13 of the championships. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. This shit is the title conference. That's what I mean. This is the NFC now, bro. It is a professional league that has the most valuable games, the most valuable teams. These universities are about to, do you know how sexy UGA campus about to be with the money that's finna come in that, that oh, get funneled through the athletic department to the stupid. school? Oh my God. Stupid. Oh my God. The facilities at these universities will make people like, you could go to another school if you want to, or you could go to a school <laughs> that'll give you a bionic knee in four years. If you did have an ACL, you're going to have a bionic ACL by the time you get to the NFL fucking around coming through UGA. 
because they're going to fuck around, build a building that Emory come do research at. <laughs> you know how they do old crossover shit. They go go get the top researchers in brain surgeries and shit. Like, y'all fuck, y'all fuck with the SEC if you want to. When y'all see Ole Miss and fucking Mississippi State start shooting up the ranks of fucking medical schools, it ain't going to be a surprise. It's going to have to do with these deals. Yeah. Bruh, the Alabama quarterback, the first nigga to sign a million-dollar deal. He the first seven-figure dude in college. He already got a million-dollar endorsement. That's fantastic. You know what that's going to do for the SEC, man? Man. You know what that's going to do for the first nigga to beat him, if anybody ever do? Bryce Young, I think that's what that's his name. <laughs> he about to go, he about to go stupid. <laughs> he about to go hammer time, man. It's about to go hammer time. It really you know is. what else about to go hammer time, my nigga? What's that? NFL season here. <laughs> We're going to beat that up. <laughs> can you say can you say NFL? You can. Okay. All right. Cool. NFL yeah. season. Yeah. Um, but man, we excited about this, man. This is uh one of our favorite times of the year. <laughs> you said, um, can you say that? Oh, <laughs> um, damn. Like we 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 eat, sleep, shit, breathe NFL whenever that time of the year roll around. And we got some special shit planned for y'all. Uh, we gonna combine NFL with that's a bit with these chop sessions, and it's about to go crazy. Fantasy football, y'all about to get some of the best research you never had here, man. Um, our shows will be out. We record on Mondays, so you about to get some uh, commentary on Monday nights. Uh, on Wednesdays, when we drop, you'll have how we feel about games. That week, man, and so whatever players you got in your lineup, you'll have uh, ahead of time. Going to start doing some writing um, based on that, posting that to the Patreon. Yeah, so y'all going to pay for that, but we all pay for that. Like I've won in the past three years, I've won five different leagues, man. So uh, really tapped into this thing. Um, my dog has asked for my advice. I've asked for his advice, and so. Yeah, we we just uh, going to let y'all know. This is a show you're going to want to tune into when it comes to fantasy football, when it comes I've to... I've been a player football. away from the championship two seasons, meaning had I played a different player on my bench, I'd have been the champion two seasons in a row. I'm going to get it this year, though. Shit over with, kid. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I'm in three leagues this year. I plan on winning at least two of them. Uh, and barring anything crazy, I plan on winning all three of them shits. So, uh, yeah, we're going to like to start a GSH one, and you're definitely going to lose that one. Nah, I'm not. But <laughs> cool. Because <laughs> you're not going to have my help on it. Now I'm trying to win this league. So, you know, I'm not going to tell you about the play. <laughs> I was just about to say, we should both have a team, but also have a GSH team and be talking to each other about who to draft. We should just do a GSH team and let these other, like, we should just have a, a we should, we should co-manage a team. And then have a league. And then have a league. Yeah. 
Okay. Okay. But uh yeah, man. Um NFL football and college football, uh, where I, you know, made a lot of money at when I was doing these bets. I'm not gonna give you any betting advice. I'm just gonna give you some information. So if that's something that you do do, um where And I may tell you where I'm betting. Yeah. We may bet with each other. You see which one of us you'd go with. And then it's not advice, it's just you gambling once again. That's not us giving you advice. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's us gambling. So, yeah. Tune in. Give me some headlines. Uh, reach out to us. Um, we're going to be on the socials, letting y'all know some things we're talking about in this uh, space. Um, yeah, man. We about, to, uh, we about to really get into this thing. How you feel about this uh, football upcoming football season, G? This is one of the what, craziest what seasons. I'm looking forward to, I was just about to kind of it's the same answer, but I'll tilt it to your question. This is the most knowledgeable and ignorant I've been about a season. Hmm. I feel like I'm up the current on everything that's happened. I don't have any fucking idea for real about what's going to happen. I think going with the Blue Bloods, picking the people who won the conferences the different divisions and shit, like just picking the guys who usually win. I think that's going to be real misguided this year. So I'm most excited about having no idea how this going to play out, but having a lot of strong guesses to, to put out there. I got a lot of predictions. Absolutely no... Nothing, nothing I'm confident about. A lot of shit I want to happen and a lot of shit I think might happen. And I'm going to lean into it. We plan on having a show where we talk about this exclusively. You want to tease any one of your, any one of your predictions? Or something you've been thinking about? I think C.D. Lamb going to be the best receiver on the Cowboys. Okay. Potentially the NFC. And depending on what D-Hop and Tyree Hill do, I think C.D. Lamb might lead the league in receiving yards if he stay healthy the whole season. He got 17 games. I think that boy... (coughs) (coughs) I think the level of growth we will see from this young man with NFL resources is going to be astounding this year. I'm not I'm not necessarily forecasting that he will be my prediction for receiving yards leader, but I am saying it would not surprise me if that young man led the league in receiving yards this year at you all. Heard it here first, people. You heard it here first. CD Lamb teasing his predictions. Can I make one of mine? I'll give you one of mine as well. Bless me. Tua Tagovailoa will be one of the five best quarterbacks in the league this year statistically and definitely I can't wait till we pick that division top four top three in fantasy scoring quarterbacks TT overall players Tua Tagovailoa T-double-T T-double-T bro he is teamed up with Jalen Waddle 
who was the best receiver on that team before he got hurt. Devontae Smith wasn't the best receiver on that team. Jalen Waddle was. Yeah. You just saying that Kyle, you coached little man, cause I did coach Jalen. You fuck with Jalen. I didn't coach I coached at the school where Jalen went. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. Yeah, I ain't saying you taught the nigga how to catch I, pass. No, I, I just wanted to get it. You I, just I, saying I, that because you knew him way. as a youth. You, you knew him as a youth. Tell him no. what you did, coach. Shout out to the young ladies. Oh, shout, shout out them out real man. good. Uh, what was y'all mascot? Uh, the Knights. Yeah, man. He coached, he coached the Lady Knights, man. They was out there kicking ass. That was some dope Lady shit. Knights. Basketball. Pico football, basketball, multi-talented, man. We got a lot of different knowledge, man. So know that when my brother talk about shit, he's done this from a, I played it at a high level, went undefeated in both sports, respect my gangster championship, and I coached this shit at the collegiate level, and I went back and gave back while working two jobs and coached this shit at the high school level, coached that shit y'all, y'all fuck with. Girl dads and people who, who build that Mamba Academy. My nigga P out here showing love, man. And I'm a student of the game and just a lover from a fan perspective when it comes to hooping. But on this football shit, you be hard pressed to find a nigga who <laughs> I didn't play on the offense where I didn't call audibles from the offensive line for the offense. Nigga, I was checking the passes. <laughs> like I know this shit. I know this shit from my stance and reading the difference and the motion when I can't see but three feet of it. You feel what I'm saying? So y'all going to get some good shit this year, man. This is the first football season for GSH. And we're going to be in like episode, you know, it's in like 20 when we really get deep into that football shit. But we may go out into a field and recap some of this shit so we could t- we could break down plays and what's happening so you can get a little bit more into the minutia of what's going on and really be able to tell who fucked up. Because most plays, people ain't doing stuff right, somebody fucking up. <laughs> and that's what made football funny as hell and made me really like it, to watch and see who fucking up. <laughs> And then see how people capitalize off of, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause it's very simple. Cause you can move the ball down the field and it'd be really good and entertaining football with nobody making any mistakes. Just very talented people executing. But people be fucking up, yo. Like <laughs> nigga did not be paying attention. Ball gets snapped. Boom. He not square to the line of scrimmage. Nigga coming right at him. When he do square himself, the nigga done switched his hips and he out of there. It's that simple. To watch Lamar Jackson put somebody in a blender is poetry in motion. And all he got to do is step hard. He could be running in the direction he running and take a hard step and they think he going the other way. He just keep going. (laughs) He just make you do something wrong. Because if you just keep running at him and don't break your speed and trust your angle of pursuit, you probably hit him five times out of 10, you're going to miss some 10 out of 10 trying to counter him. You just got to do it. You feel, you feel what I'm saying? People be fucking up, bro. If everybody on the defense just ran at him and didn't try to counter the shit he was doing, somebody would run into that motherfucker. But he stopped and cut this way. Niggas stop and cut that way. 
So there's a cutback lane over here now. If everybody just kept running at that nigga, when he cut, you just took a loop. When he cut back, he'd meet you. You feel what I'm saying? Like being on punt and kickoff team. Stay in your lane. Exactly. Stay in your lane. Because you're going, like, no matter what that person does, if he, he cut, you there. If he try to make another cut, guess who there? The person who's running in their lane. Do not follow the ball. Everything, that's why they call it pursuit angles. We going to hit y'all with a lot of shit this season. Facts. Man. Like, people that, to get like, parallel to Lamar game. Jackson is to lose. Because you're not getting back to the line of scrimmage at the speed that he do. You got to sack him from in front of him. Stay in your motherfucking Russian lane. Shots out to the ball family. But yeah, stay in your lane, man. No copyright infringement. (laughs) Square business, man. Can I get some headlines? Give me some headlines. All right, man. In light of you did that tight, cause you had four to spare, cause throw them folds like up. That. Oh man! So we got this is from the New York Post. Novak Djokovic fails to medal, throws tantrum in Olympics farewell. Mm. This is from NPR. Novak Djokovic, the world's number one tennis player, <laughs> fails to medal at the Olympics. Mm. This is from the San Francisco Chronicle. Hold on, they're trying to get me to buy some shit. I ain't trying to do all that. Mm. <laughs> I'm broke, oh, they, they, oh, oh, man. They hold oh. Don't pay either. Novak Djokovic Olympic meltdown. Close that tab. It's fucking your audio up. Close the San Francisco Chronicle. They fucked your computer audio up. Close the San Francisco Chronicle. Pass on them. Yeah. I'm going to choose NPR because I think that's the one that I can get you to read. Like y'all, the NPR. You feel what I'm saying? So I, I, I choose the NPR. Novak Djokovic. Hey, yes, and my boys. Novak Djokovic, the world's number one tennis player, fails to medal at the Olympics. Since his arrival at the Olympic Village, tennis star Novak Djokovic has regaled fellow athletes with his techniques for mental strength, dealing with pressure, and quote. How to bounce back if you lose, if you lost your focus, unquote. Apparently, even Djokovic sometimes has trouble following his own advice after a sh- shocking loss to Germany's Alexander Zarev on Friday. The world's number one ranked Djokovic lost again Saturday, this time to Spain's Pablo Carreño Busta. Zarev now goes on to play Russia's Karen. Kashinov in Sunday's final. Novak Djokovic fails to medal at the 2020 Tokyo Games. Now, the reason I wanted to bring this up is because one of those headlines, the San Francisco Chronicle, <laughs> they tried to hold me with 
we let them have let them have. I it. couldn't even hear that one. <laughs> yeah, what was that one? <laughs> they tried. To, <laughs> they tried to hold me. They like, hey, you got to pay for this, cause like, damn, nah, nah, <laughs> nah. I'm not gonna pay. I'm not paying. Um, Give me some headlines, not how much the headlines cost. Right. How much the headlines cost? Like we giving headlines out here, man. <laughs> um, yeah. So except on Patreon, at patreon.com backslash give me some headlines. Go ahead and subscribe, man. Y'all gonna get discounts on merch. That 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 little bit of that little bit of cheddar ching is gonna save you way more money to support us being able to give y'all this in a huge fashion and to get some flight decks from P. Y'all want to go and support the Patreon, man. Patreon.com backslash give me some headlines. Yeah. And if you are a supporter of give me some headlines and are a business owner or a vendor who goes out to different events and things like that, let us know. We'll show love. Spread up. Damn right. You, you can see that subscription as an advertisement fee. A little monthly advertisement. You know what I'm saying? Y'all see the screen? There's plenty of sexy space up here. Patreon.com backslash give me some headlines. Rising tide raises all boats. Tell your friends. Tell your ma, tell your pa. Yeah, man. Um, Novak Djokovic had some comments, which is why I made this all about him. This this gave me some headlines. I wanted to kind of pin my dog into a box and choose one of these stories about him because we're going <laughs> in a direction where Novak Djokovic said that I don't know if he called her a coward or she, he said I know he said that Simone Biles couldn't handle the pressure when she decided that she was going to back out of the final, I, I don't know if it was the uneven bars, or the, I think it might've been the uneven bars um, in the Olympics. And we, we being the United States of America, ended up taking the silver in that, uh, in that her replacement ended up taking the silver. But um, she, she what she did was, pressure. the last event was the uneven bars that she was about to compete in. What she withdrew from was team competition. And then she also excluded herself from the solo competition. The, okay, okay. Yeah, team all-around competition. And then the solo competition, which the young Asian woman won. You remember you read the headline about uh, her. Uh, Suni, yeah, I think Suni Lee. Yep. Sunisa Lee. Shout out, young lady. Uh, congratulations on you winning your first gold medal. I think it was your first gold medal. If it wasn't, shout out to all your gold medals, Miss Suni. Um, but yeah, no, no bad Djokovic said that Simone Biles, one of the mm-hmm. most decorated, if not the most decorated Olympian of all time, could Who just announced she coming back to compete in the balance beam, which is not one of the events she was expected to medal in. So she is not doing it for glory. She is doing it for the love of what she does and yeah. truly believing she is strong enough to go out there and compete. Exactly. Shots out to Shouting. And a lot of people have chimed in on being on the opposite side of what I'm going to be on, which is the Simone Biles is she misrepresented the United States, which, yeah, fuck all y'all. Um, 
or she <laughs> or she could have the pressure. Now, this is a person who is the most one of the most decorated Olympic Olympians of all time. Can't handle the pressure. Um, fuck all y'all. Like I fuck. This all is y'all. a young woman who, in this Olympics, is the only remaining member of this team who is a survivor of the Larry Nassar abuse. You gonna say this young woman ain't strong? She's already become the greatest gymnast we've ever had in the wake of that she fuck the shit. Gymnast. Yeah, the goat in the wake of that shit. She become the she's the goat gymnast in the wake of that. She don't have to put uh, shit else on her resume to never be able to be accused of being weak. Fuck y'all. My bad, but I, bro, you know what I'm saying. And Novak, like, fuck Novak Djokovic also because his punk ass had the audacity to make these comments and then show up and lose two matches in a fucking row and then get mad enough to throw his racket into the side of the damn, into the side of the fucking net and break it into the net post and break it. So who can't handle the fucking pressure? You showed up and didn't get And he quit on his teammate and then competed in doubles. Yeah. Pussying, nigga. You quit. Quitter. You you lost your temper. Mr. I'm going to tell everybody how I messed the level-headed. No character. No metal. No fervor. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Oh, you know, that last word apply, but it sounds like a good criticism. My ass, bitch. Um, yeah, fuck, so boy, cuz. This is no bad Djokovic slander. Fuck. Slander. Fuck slander. <laughs> now, nah, it's not slander because it's accurate appraisal of his disrespect for a goat at what she does and someone who handled not being of sound mind and not putting her body through something her mind wasn't ready to carry her through, handled it as a professional and as a woman and strongly and received criticism from a person who obviously placed under the same circumstances couldn't do what she did. You don't have the metal to carry yourself like this young woman. So keep your mouth shut when, when it comes to speaking on her. Cause you just proved you don't have the metal that she does period. Like you can't fuck with shot. And I don't think I'm going to need to be said about that. Straight my up. That. <laughs> my dog handled that brilliantly. Straight um, up. It's just like when niggas be calling quarterbacks trash in the NFL. If they a starter, they one of 32 at what they do in the world. Tell me you top 32 accounting, accounting in the world. Tell me you a top 32 defense lawyer in the world at what you do. That everybody who has ever picked up a motherfucking briefcase and wanted to be a lawyer wants your job and you got one of the 32 best jobs in the world. Tell me you got that and then go criticize Ryan Fitzpatrick. You feel what I'm saying? Tell me you one of 32 and then tell me that boy from Harvard ain't milking this shit and having a fun ass fucking ride. Give me that nigga career all day and and say whatever the fuck you want to. That boy done played with B. Marshall to a tongue of our Lord. He done has, man, he done had some cool ass moments. And he done got out there and shined and slung that rock. Shit. And he been one of 32 for a long enough time to where fuck your opinion on him. 
that man, that man, hey, that man NFL quarterback, and he'll start up by any measure. Square business, still doing it, bro. <laughs> Straight up, that you want to do is starting quarterback is look and see Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick is your backup because he playing six of them games this year. Straight up. And I extend it for you. When you want to call one of them NBA niggas trash, just remember that it's only like 30, 32 teams and them bitches got 12-man rosters. So if you ain't top 360 in your profession, shut up. Yeah. Patrick better Patrick Beverly better at what he do than you are at what you do. As much as I hate that nigga, he is better at what he do than you are at what you do. And I ain't even gonna cap. It's more than 300 podcasts. We got work to do. So until we top 300, I ain't gonna call the Patrick Beverly's of the world trash. I will simply <laughs> criticize their play. <laughs> you heard it here first. Patrick Beverly, you better at what you do. Ranking wise, than I am at the moment. At the moment, so there will be no calling of trash at the moment. But I'm working, and when I get there, oh boy, I got some words for you. It's gonna be a flight deck for your ass. <laughs> I swear, I got a flight deck for you, but when we reach top 300, I'm on your ass, Patrick. Baby. Hey, but until then. <laughs> You'll get love and respect. But I'm on your ass, Patrick Beverly. Wait till we in the top 300. Give me some headlines. If y'all want some Patrick Beverly slander, if y'all want trash talk from GSH, get us in the top 300. And if you want us kicking the KDs in the world, other world in the shin, get us in the top five. We'll talk our shit. But, but if a motherfucker top 100 in the NFL, if we ain't past top 100 and he made the top 100 list, no slander. You heard it here first, man. Y'all put us in the realm to talk the shit you want us to talk. Blow GSH up, man. Humility is for suckers. If we ranked higher than you, shit flow downhill. That's how plumbing works. <laughs> Square business, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Speaking of something that ain't shit. I uh, need a song that I can roll to. tell you something to, good, bro? Song that I can hey, man, roll tell me something good, G. Roll to something man, I can this fuck is some a, uh, to. Play that in my old tell me something good Play that in rip my your old city. school that feel um, good. Got some great news out of me. Baby, what you trying uh, to do? A song that I can roll to. City. Uh, area of Hampton, VA. Um, we we like to find stories from you for you that come from places that you not you may not be as familiar with. So it's, it's they come from you know not just the New Yorks, not just the LA's, not just the Chicago's, the Atlantas, um, the Houston's, the Miami's. We like to go try to find the ones that are kind of hiding somewhere else. And uh, that aren't a part of everybody's consciousness or hadn't made national news. Uh, but shout out to the first black owned brewery in uh, in Hampton Roads. Um, they celebrated their grand opening. The owners of 1865 Brewing Company um, recently opened up 
the first black owned brewery in Hampton, man. And uh, I did some research. Currently, right now, it's like roughly 1% of breweries are owned by uh, or minority owned, not black owned, minority owned. So that is a diversity of our beers coming from folks who don't look like us. So it's dope to have a group of people who are getting together and bringing us those those uh, adult beverages um, and sharing that experience of how they came to create their uh, how they came to create their products um, at a brewery in a place where people can congregate and and enjoy themselves um, over some adult beverages. And so this is the mm. first black owned brewery in Hampton Roads. Uh, they officially opened business on Friday of last week. And that brewery is located on they full size or micro. Are they full size or micro? They, I think they're a full size brewery. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. That's, uh, that's good. That's, that's, that's good for real. Yeah. Located on Mallory Street in the Phoebus area of Hampton. So if you're in the Hampton area um, and or yeah, I know Virginia's kind of there's a in a tri-city area, I think, man, go and check out 1865 Brewery. Um, its owners, William Comer and Rodney Malone, originally planned to open in 18, I mean, 1820. Uh, 2020, but the pandemic uh, caused some issues, and so they were able to fight through that and still, um, still bring this thing to life. And shout out to uh, Mr. Malone's daughter. That's who I got this story from. Uh, somehow it made it to my timeline on Twitter, and so I wanted to get at some, uh, get this thing some, um, some airspace because I think that's. I, but we spend a lot of time when we live together in Atlanta at uh, at breweries, man. So. I uh, definitely want folks to enjoy that experience. If it's not something that you've done before, it's a dope date. Uh, take some folks to uh, to a brewery, and we got a few out, there, a out here uh, that I'd be going to. So, I, if ever I'm in that area, I'm definitely coming to see y'all at 1865, man. Definitely coming to see y'all at 1865. But uh, what's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite brewery that you've been to? Oh man, you already know, man. Sweetwater, man. Sweetwater. <laughs> that thing was so funny, man. The owner was always out there. It was like playing Where's Waldo. He just popped up like Dago in the t-shirt. You see him. I still remember that day we came straight from work. And you just hear somebody cussing. And I'm like, and I look over my shoulder. He like, man, what the fuck, what the what the fuck y'all doing? And I'm like, what you mean? You like, man, you here with ties on and shit, man. That ain't the vibe. What you got going on, man? I was like, man, we can't scrape from work. He's like, oh, 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 okay. My bad, my bad. All right. Get, let me you, let me get you some extra tickets. You know what I'm saying? My job. You know what I'm saying? Tickets is beers for those who uninitiated. You'd go pay like $8. You get a free glass that you could take with you. And then you got like eight drink tickets and you could try any of the new brews they had on tap stuff that was just brewed that day <clears throat> that they were bottling. And you could take the tour for free as many times as you wanted when you were there. <laughs> you could take the tour for free and see the uh, plan and the bottling process and get some of the brews that were being made. Like it was some crazy shit. It was a and it was always live music. It was a dope vibe. Yeah. What's your favorite brewery you've been to, though? 
I'm my bad. Uh, speak on Sweetwater because you shared that experience. I probably yeah, won't yeah. know your joint because you've been to a lot more of them guys. But yeah, go ahead and hit that guy. Oh, uh, my. So I love Sweetwater because of that atmosphere, man. It was in a really cool part of town. Um, it was easy to get to from the apartment. Facts. Like this I, before Uber, could. Yeah, yeah. This we had to be able to make it to and fro. Right. And so we was tied <laughs> over that thing, man. And like it was always a good launching point for the rest of the night. Because you pay $8, you be able to, you know, get in that space. And like that's usually what happened. It's like even if, what we usually would do is like whoever drove over there, like folks would pay for you that they would give you like at least one of their drink tickets or some shit like that, just so you can, you wouldn't, you were sober enough to drive home and shit, but like you wasn't drinking like all of your drink tickets. And then if you was going to be, Essentially, the designated driver, then you wouldn't have to pay. Uh, yeah, designated drivers. You, you was good to go. Designated drivers didn't have to pay to get into Sweetwater. They gave you a small cup and I think two drink tickets because yeah. that will keep your blood alcohol level below the legal limit because it's like half of a beer. So two of them is one beer. And two put you over the limit if you go get in the car immediately. That's why they give you that. So you can still go sample some stuff, but that's what they mean by he you'll give them a ticket because then they go go they go fill fill a glass. Yeah. Um yeah, my sir. favorite brewery is St. Arnold's. It's uh Texas. I think it's it's Houston. Oh man. Ooh, that's tough. I've been to eighth one or two. I'd say St. Arnold's. St. Arnold's because they give you food and they'll give you like they have a menu at they joint. And um we got the opportunity one time, uh a former a friend of mine who passed away, um, he had his retirement party there. And so for his retirement party, I got to go with them and like do like a private tasting. So they like they let you taste the entire menu during the private tasting and then you get to choose what you um what you want for like the menu. So I went with him during the private yeah. tasting. Or his, I went with his uh, significant other for the private tasting. But um I'd say St. Arnold's Brewery because I was introduced to them by the president of the company or some shit like that. Like I, there was a block party in Houston and it was close to where I lived and um, my partner's parents live on the same block as the president of the company and shit. And he was like brand new to the neighborhood. And so they had like this chili, um, it was like chili and ice cream, this wild ass chili and ice cream block party and like music and shit, like in the middle of the street. And he was like, well, I ain't got no chili, no ice cream, but like he had like folks in it. He had some folks. So he had a, an engagement later on that night at his house. And so he had the folks who was helping do the catering and shit. They drug out like a bunch of coolers of fucking beer and was like, hey, y'all have had it. I got, they was like, what? Like, this is a lot of beer. He was like, I got a lot of this shit. <laughs> I got, I, yeah. Trust me, I got, I got enough. And so he gave us like three coolers, three or four coolers, full of St. Arnold's beers, man. And so, um, yeah, that was, and it was, I think that was, that was before we went to that retirement party, but I'd say that was my favorite brewery, but it's another one here called Eighth Wonder. That's dope, dope as fuck too. So yeah, That's breweries, so. man, they, 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 yeah, they super dope dates. If you, uh, if you live close to one and had a chance to go, I'd, I'd take that 
Take me and Shouter were trying to go to the one out there, the Coors joint out there. And um, mm-hmm. when we was on one of them Colorado trips, but um, and I'm I'm saying shout it just in case old girl why this shit and be trying to figure out who on the mountain I was going to Colorado with. <laughs> uh, but the other chicks in the car were trying to go shopping, so they didn't want to hit the brewery. But we started to drop them off and then go back to that bit, but it took too long to go to and fro. But that one thing I want to do, I want to go to Coors and I want to see a game at Coors Field. Because yeah. the whole cold process and all that bullshit, I want to have to wear a coat and go figure out what's going on with all that shit. You know what What's all frozen? How you keep the pipes from, from freezing. I'm on, I want to ask dumbass questions that the tour guide don't got answers to. You feel what I'm saying? Hit him with that Kanye. You don't got that answer, Sway. Give me a tour guy who know what they doing. You know what I'm saying? Just be asking stupid ass questions. Well, bitch. Yeah, yeah. What's your dream brewery that you ain't been to? You researched in it? Uh, it's like I gotta get to this one. I want to do the. Uh, it's not a brewery. It's a distilling. I'm a, not distilling. I want to go to. Uh, it's a winery. In Argentina, that I want to go to. The homemade sell wine here, and you can talk about all the all the wines that you get from Argentina. They are the Man, you just told me something good, but close the show out by telling the people what you cook in the pair with that wine, and I just cut it right there. Oh, shit. My plan is I'm uh, make some uh, my homie got something. He fucked this thing called Neil Guy. And Neil Guy is a lean, kind of like antelope type animal or deer type joint. So got some Neil Guy, like ground Neil Guy. And they mix it with like a little bit of beef so you get some fatty content. So I'm like, some asparagus with that wine, man. And then I'm going to have my dessert. Tie, <laughs> 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 